In our bodies, every organ and most of the glands have a connection with certain muscles. So how these trapped emotions can actually cause really acute physical pain. 90% of all the physical pain that is being experienced by people is actually being caused by their emotional baggage. Now think about that. What our emotional baggage is, is the leftover energy from those intense emotions that we've experienced in our lives. You know, you go through a divorce or you go through some difficult emotional spell and the energy from those emotions can still be with you and can be interfering with your life and disrupting your ability to create the life that you really want. A trapped emotion is literally a ball of energy from about the size of a baseball to about the size of a softball. And these things inhabit our bodies. We all have these. And what these things do is they interfere with our ability to really function like we should be able to. For example, if you have trapped emotions of anger, you'll be a more angry person than you otherwise would be. And if you have trapped emotions of frustration, same thing, and grief and sadness and depression and so on. So how I like to think about this, if you can imagine that when we're born, each one of us, we have this clear, beautifully clean energy field, kind of like a beautiful blue sky day. That's kind of how our energy field is. But then as we start to experience life and we start experiencing intense emotions and we make mistakes and bad things happen or people hurt us or whatever, we start to develop trapped emotions. And each trapped emotion is like a little cloud, like a little dark cloud of energy. And by the time we're an adult, that beautiful, pure blue sky energy field that we had when we came into this world is now uh, more like a storm front. And there can be all kinds of cloudy energies all over the place. And so what happens to us then is that we're not really the same person that we could have been. So as we start to remove these clouds, these little dark energies, these trapped emotions from the body, what happens is we pretty soon start to get some clearings in that area of the body. We start to see some blue sky and we realize it's easier for us to give and receive love. It's easier for us to achieve the things we want to achieve. It's easier for us to feel positive emotions instead of having it be so easy to feel the negative emotions. And we start to become the person that uh, we were really intended to become. And that's one of the most exciting things about this work to me is that it helps people to get back to who they really are capable of being. Welcome to the Awakening Entrepreneur Podcast. This show is for entrepreneurs. They have chosen to define their life beyond the material. They have followed their soul on a hero's journey towards the mystery of the spiritual. I'm your host, Garrett Newman. Each episode will be learning from awakened entrepreneurs and spiritual thought leaders. They have broken through the mold of being ordinary to extraordinary, challenging our paradigm, shining lights to the dark, giving hope when there is doubt. The moment of truth is upon us. It is time to transcend our world from fear to love. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to this episode of the Awakening Entrepreneur Podcast. Well, for a long time, I've been seeking a way to transcend and to communicate, to understand more about this world. And one of the very few ways that I think that we could talk to our subconscious and, and even our superconscious is through muscle testing. Ever since I read the book from David Hawkins about letting go and power versus force, where he's testing all sorts of different things using muscle testing. If you haven't heard of muscle testing, we're going to do some demonstration later on. But like we've got this, our subconscious mind is so much more powerful than our conscious mind. And who knows, our superconscious could be even way, 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 way more powerful. But yet when we ask people to tap into intuition, it's like, oh, is it me thinking? Or is it my intuition? Is that wishy-washy? But through muscle testing, it's like, if you can actually talk to your subconscious, 
Why that's gold. It's like having a best teacher guiding you and teaching you, helping you along the way. But nobody online that I could like ever since I was reading like David Hawkins book, nobody online they ever come across how do I actually do it on a consistent, accurately and reliably fashion until I came across this gentleman. His name is Dr. Bradley Nelson. And he's such a giver and teaches hundreds of thousands of people around the world to not like rely on him to do it, but so that you could do it yourself in a very simple manner that you could learn within a few minutes on how to use muscle testing, how to help yourself heal from trapped emotion, traumas, and all sorts of different things. So today we're going to delve right into it. So welcome, Brad. Well, thank you, Gary, for having me on. It's really great to be here. It's an honor. Thank you. So um, if we can just delve a little bit into your past, I think you were working as a chiropractor mm-hmm. and your brother, Bruce, like introduced you to some of the muscle testing and some of these work. Is that correct? Right. Yes. My brother, Bruce, introduced me to self-testing, which is a way of just testing your own muscles where you can ask questions about what's going on in your own body. Or if you have permission, you can work on someone else and you can use your own body to get those answers. Um, I knew about muscle testing and testing other people, but uh, learned self-muscle testing from him. And at first, I wasn't sure if I could do it. It seemed very subjective. I wasn't sure if, if I was getting the answers from my subconscious or if I was creating the answers. But it's one of those things that as you practice it, uh, you get better at it. And the subconscious mind of every single one of us knows exactly what's wrong with us in perfect detail. The subconscious mind is this incredible uh, holographic computer really that remembers everything you've ever done, every face you've ever seen in a crowd, everything you've ever eaten or tasted or touched or smelled, really every thought you've ever had, every uh, emotional energy that's ever gotten stuck in your body, every infection you've ever had. It knows exactly with a perfect understanding, really down to the atomic level, Uh, down to the quantum level, what it is that's really wrong with you, what you need, why you're having symptoms, why your life might not be working, why you can't find your soulmate, why you've been diagnosed with that disease, why you've got that back pain or that knee problem or whatever it is, your subconscious mind knows precisely why you're having issues or why you're not able to get ahead uh, like you'd like to or whatever. Your subconscious mind knows those reasons. Now, if you can imagine that the subconscious mind is like a computer. It knows those reasons. We now have a way to tap into that subconscious mind, ask questions, get answers, and we can use those answers to help people to create better lives with more health and love and abundance and uh, joy and everything else. And how does it work in terms of, okay, the subconscious mind knows all this information, but how does the muscle testing, self-muscle testing work in terms of communicating to us Well, um, let me share with your audience one of the simplest ways uh, that we actually call the sway test. And um, the subconscious mind is kind of like a binary computer. It can answer any question that you want as long as the answer can be formatted as either a yes or a no. So that's essentially how this works. If you can imagine that that's how Google worked and you could ask any question that you wanted of Google, but you'd have to formulate the questions in such a way that the answer coming back would either be a yes or a no. I mean, you could use it, right? It would be useful, but you just have to think a little more about how to ask the questions. So um, the sway test essentially, here's how this works. If you think about a plant, uh, if you put a plant near a window, uh, the light coming in from the window is going to be healthy and good for the plant. The plant will grow towards the light coming in from the window. And if you don't rotate the plant periodically, everybody knows this, that's had a plant, eventually the plant will look like this because it's going to be growing towards the light from the window. Well, the human body is the same way. When we are holding a thought of positivity or congruency or truth, what will happen is if we're standing in a very relaxed way, the subconscious mind will make the body sway forward. On the other hand, that's really your body trying to move towards those positive things. On the other hand, if you're thinking thoughts of negativity or falsehood or incongruency, what will happen is your body will start to sway backward. And that's your subconscious mind trying to move you away from those thoughts. Thoughts that we think tend to be perceived as being uh, in front of us, because that's where we're used to dealing with the world. The world is always in front of us. 
Um, so if you want to go along with us on this and try this out, uh, here's how this works. If you want to just stand up, drop your hands down to your sides and uh, close your eyes, take a breath, let it out and just relax there for a minute. As you try to stand perfectly still, you'll realize pretty quickly that you, you can't really. There's always a little bit of motion going on, and that's just from your postural muscles working to keep you standing upright and keep you from falling over. Now, what I'd like you to do is let's start with something really negative. And you should notice within anywhere from three to 10 seconds that your body will start to sway backward when you're holding these thoughts. Now, you don't want to force this. Just allow your subconscious mind to do what it's going to do. I'd like you to think about the word war for a minute. Now, as you're standing there with your eyes closed, hands down by your sides, totally relaxed, I'd like you to think about that word. You know, we hear that word every day. We've heard that word all of our lives. But uh, for a moment, I'd like you to think about what really goes on in war. What's really happening when a war is being fought? What are young men doing to other young men? What's happening to villages and cities and towns and families? Think about uh, what would it be like if you had to explain what really goes on uh, on a personal level during war to someone who has no idea what war means, what would you say? How would you describe it? What's really going on in war? Think about all the tears that have been shed over all the wars that have been fought over all these centuries of man's existence. And as you think about that, you'll probably notice that at a certain point, as you hold that thought, when your subconscious mind connects with what you are consciously thinking, at that point, your body will start to sway backward. And that's your subconscious trying to move you away from the sheer negativity of that thought. Now let's shift gears and try something positive. I'd like you to think for a moment about unconditional love. Imagine, again, as you're standing there with your eyes closed, hands down by your sides, uh, totally relaxed, I'd like you to imagine a thousand years have gone by and you're still alive, but you're not the same person that you used to be. Because for one thing, now you're living in a place where you are surrounded with unconditional love. But not only that, your ability to love unconditionally has grown over these last thousand years, and you now are capable of feeling absolute, pure, unconditional love for all of creation, for every person, for every place, for everything. And imagine being that kind of person. Imagine that love that fills your heart is so big that your heart can't even contain that love, and that that love expands out from your heart and it fills the immensity of space. Imagine what that would be like to be that kind of a being where you're so capable, your love, your ability to love has grown and progressed to that point. Now, as you are thinking about what that would feel like when your subconscious mind connects with what you are consciously thinking, in that moment, your body will start to sway forward toward that thought of unconditional love, because that is a possible future for you, I believe. And your subconscious mind would like to move you toward that future. And so we call this the sway test. Now, what you can do is you can use the sway test to get answers from your subconscious mind. So for example, again, as you're standing there very relaxed with your hands down by your sides, ask yourself this question. Do I have trapped emotions? Hold that thought in your mind. And as you hold that thought in your mind, do I have trapped emotions? If you do, at a certain point, your subconscious mind will start to make your body sway forward. That's a yes answer. Uh, another thing that you can ask is, do I have a heart wall? Now, even though you may not know what a heart wall is, maybe you've never heard of a heart wall, it doesn't matter because your subconscious mind is tied into and connected into the database of universal intelligence. And it knows exactly what a heart wall is, even if you consciously don't. So make that statement. I have a heart wall. And as you hold that thought in your mind, I have a heart wall. Allow your subconscious mind to do whatever it wants to do with your body. And if you sway forward, that's a yes answer. And if you sway backward, 
That's a no answer. So this is the sway test and you can use the sway test to um, find trapped emotions and release them. It's a very simple process. And I really like how you've taught it. Like the first few times I did it, it's like, I'm like a kid in a candy store. Like, wow, this stuff really works. You say all the accurate statement, like you say your name out and it's like, oh, it's moving forward. And then you say the wrong name is moving back. Like, uh-huh. And then you also said this in, in one of your talks that how do I know it's not just my mind moving? You said, um, like over time, once you do it often enough, you kind of get like the thoughts of what the answer is, like even prior yeah. to the muscle moving. And before it's like, maybe my right. thought is thinking it, but like after a while, it's like, ah, oh, like I'm getting the signals like and the body mm-hmm. follows. That's yeah. amazing. Well, that's exciting. That's your intuition. See, most people have this experience before long when they're using the emotion code. Uh, what you're describing is this phenomenon where a split second or so before the answer manifests on the sway test or on some kind of muscle testing, the answer will appear in your mind and you'll know what the answer is going to be. That is your intuition speaking to you. And if you will cultivate that, if you will listen to that, you can get to a point where you don't need to use the sway test or muscle testing at all. In fact, my daughter, Lizzie, who is 21 years old, learned how to do this work when she was about 13. And she did the muscle testing for about a month. And then she told me, uh, she said, dad, I don't really need to use the muscle testing because the answer is already there in my mind before I get the muscle test. So I don't really think she's used muscle testing since then. And that's fine. You can get to that point where you don't need the muscle testing. The intuition can be strong and those answers can come. And it's a beautiful thing because You know, it's listening to that little voice, that little intuitive voice that can warn you against danger. It can guide you about uh, business deals that um, you might want to take advantage of or that you might want to avoid. It can help you to know all kinds of things. It's all about discovering the truth, really. All the work that we do is about helping people to discover what the truth really is about what's going on with their health and with their relationships and with their financial success, everything else, it's all about discovering the truth about what the blocks are to those things in your life and getting rid of those blocks. That's what the emotion code is really about. Awesome. So before we jump onto the emotion code, I went back to my original, the first day that I learned this method from you, I was busy sharing with friends and busy like testing it myself. What I found I ran into a bit of a trap. It's like, okay, well, what other question can I ask myself to validate? Because I know that with um, Dr. Hawkins, one of the work they did that you talked about in your book, The Emotion Code, is you get like sugar pill and you get vitamin C or something, like, and you put in an envelope and you test like which one is actually good for you. So you you don't really know. So I was actually trying to get my kids to hold certain color blocks behind them and for me to test them on the colors and stuff, I got it incorrect. And I also read somewhere about like people using it to to tell what the lottery numbers is going to be. And, and so what are some of the things that we should watch out for? What would work? And I don't want to use the word limitation because like if it actually Actually, there's a component that connects with the superconscious. Well, there's actually no limit. But what are the type of things like, is it for just self and personal gain and causing people harm that that type of thing that may not work? And what type of situation you've tested that it works extremely well in these type of circumstances? Well, those are good questions. Let me explain. I've come to the conclusion over many years of doing this that muscle testing or getting answers about what's going on with our bodies through other means, for example, using a pendulum or some other dowsing device, those are really methods of getting answers that are really a gift from the creator to us. And when they're used for the right purposes, they work really, really well. But there are a couple of things that you need to be aware of. First of all, trying to get answers about future things is problematic. If you're trying to get answers from, let's say you're working on yourself and you're asking questions about why you have migraine headaches or something like that, you can get answers about past things like emotional traumas and all kinds of things like that. You can get information from the subconscious about what's going on right now in the body. No problem. If you start asking about future things though, 
it doesn't seem to work very well. It's never really worked for me or really anyone else that I know. And that if makes sense. I think yeah. from a lot of the, the people I hear about doing channeling and stuff, there's certain things that the higher entities can tell you, but certain things that infringe on your free will, that kind of changes the course that they can't say those stuff. So what you say, it yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I think so. The other thing is um, if you are trying to, for example, use the muscle testing to get answers about like the lotto numbers, what are the winning lotto numbers? You know, when I was first learning muscle testing, a friend of mine and I, uh, we thought we'd stumbled onto something really exciting because we thought, well, the, the winning lotto numbers, if everything is already out there in the universe, you know, really past, present, future, the winning lotto numbers, we should be able to figure those out through muscle testing. We're going to be so rich. But of course, it didn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work because um, that's not what it's for. Also, you need to be cautious about muscle testing, because if you have some kind of a hidden agenda, then the subconscious mind is kind of like a puppy and it will try to please you by giving you the answers that you want, even if they're not really correct. For example, uh, my wife and I have, uh, uh, she and I had seven children. We have eight all together. And uh, when my wife had two kids, uh, we had a little girl, two little girls, actually, and then we had twin boys. And when those twin boys were about three years old, my wife was really feeling exhausted and overwhelmed. And one day she was just thinking, that's it. I'm not having any more kids. I'm done. This is the end. And all of a sudden in her mind, she saw this little girl and this little girl was saying, wait, you mean you're not going to have me? And she was kind of panicked. And my wife's heart immediately melted. And she said, yes, if there's another child that's supposed to come to us, yes. I mean, that's fine. So then a few months later, she got pregnant. Now, listen, I used to have women come to see me in my practice uh, sometimes just so that I could test the sex of their baby to see what it was going to be. And I was about 98% accurate in that, which is at least as accurate as ultrasound. But I didn't have any vested interest when, um, you know, some woman would come in to see me. I never even charged for this service. It was just sometimes women would come in and they'd say, test me to see what this baby is going to be. And I would test them and it was usually right. But I didn't care. If they had a boy or a girl, it didn't matter to me. Well, when my wife got pregnant, we thought, oh, it's the little girl that's coming. And so I would periodically test my wife. Um, are you pregnant? Muscle testing her. Yes. Uh, is it going to be a girl? Yes. And um, that went on for the nine months. And then, uh, then when the baby was born, we had the baby at home and I was there. And I counted her fingers and her toes and uh, she had her legs crossed. And so I'm, I'm kind of checking everything, making sure everything looks okay. So I uncrossed her legs and um, it wasn't a girl. It turned out that that was Joseph. And I thought, how in the world could this happen? Because the muscle testing all along told us it was going to be a girl. Well, you see, we wanted it to be a girl and we thought it was going to be a girl. And so the subconscious mind basically in our situation kind of said, well, they want it to be a girl. We know it's really going to be a boy, but they want it to be a girl so bad. So let's go ahead and give them that answer. So that's one of the things about muscle testing that it's important to realize that if you have some kind of uh, motivation for the answer to be a certain answer, or if you want the answer really secretly to come out a certain way, the subconscious mind will know that. And the subconscious mind will have a tendency to give you whatever it is you're looking for. So you have to be careful with muscle testing. Um, to just be completely open to whatever answer might come. Mm, fantastic. So you've written a book called The Emotion Code, which is like a, a bestseller around the world. It's um, like this? Yes, yes, that's it. <laughs> and it's got all the science, all the Western science behind it, but as well as all the ancient understanding from the Eastern philosophy on how the meridian, the chi, the prana, and, and why it all works. And I love it and as well as, all the examples on why it works. Because again, like I've got back pain. Do I have back pain? Yes. If I was to test myself, like I wouldn't know what to ask after that. And how do I heal myself? But you've formulated such a simple manner on how to guide us to heal ourselves. So how do you come up with the emotion code? Well, it is really simple. And uh, the emotion code came about over the years that I was in practice, just trying to help my patients. I had been introduced very early on before I actually opened my own practice. I worked with another doctor and um, he had learned a method called emotional erase, where if a person is feeling an intense emotion, 
you can rub up and down here on the governing meridian to help to assuage that emotional energy. So that was interesting, but it wasn't, didn't really seem all that useful. And so, but then as time went on, as I studied more and was exposed to more that was going on out there in the world, I began to realize that emotional baggage is something that can be found and can be released. So I, I had my own laboratory, really. I had my own practice for 17 years in a brick and mortar practice, and then, uh, then a couple more years in a remote practice where I was working on people at a distance. But I was always really alone in my practice, just working by myself, one-on-one with patients. And uh, so it was really a perfect laboratory for me to be able to test out theories and find things. And the biggest key really to all of this was uh, I had learned uh, at a very young age that there is a higher power that we can draw upon. And, you know, we all have different names. If we believe in a higher power, we might refer to that as the creator or God or source energy or the universe or whatever. But to me, that higher power is very personal and very real. Uh, I had a very profound experience when I was 15 years old, and I learned that that higher power is really what you might call God, our father, this energy, this being that uh, loves us all with an immense love that we can't really comprehend. And that that's the reason why this world exists and why we're all here. It's all about our progress because God wants us to progress and have joy. So I had this habit of asking for help. Now, during all the years that I was in practice, no one ever knew that I was pausing for just a moment and asking for help from God, just saying a silent prayer for that person. But I was. And there were times during all of those years on rare occasions when somebody would come in to see me and I didn't know how to approach their problem or I felt like I really needed more guidance. There were times when in response to that silent short prayer, just a momentary pause where the information would flood into me like an avalanche really of understanding, like a big download. And uh, sometimes it was ways of thinking about things and conceptualizing things that I had never really considered before. And so I was learning little bit by bit as I was working on these people and also getting answers from prayer and so on. And so what I found eventually was that um, all of my patients, no matter how old or young they were, no matter what they were suffering from, whether it was um, a physical problem, some kind of physical pain like migraine headaches or back pain or neck pain, or whether they were dealing with infertility or asthma or digestive disorders or some kind of named disease process like fibromyalgia or chronic fatigue or even cancer, or if they were dealing with depression or anxiety or phobias or panic attacks or PTSD or eating disorders or something like that, they all had something in common all of these people and what they had in common was their emotional baggage. And, uh, you know, we use that phrase emotional baggage, Gary, right? Usually when we're talking about somebody else, that guy's really got a lot of emotional baggage, but the thing is we all have emotional baggage and what our emotional baggage is, is the leftover energy from those intense emotions that we've experienced in our lives. And so, um, you know, you go through a divorce or, or you go through some difficult emotional spell And the energy from those emotions can still be with you and can be interfering with your life and disrupting your ability to create the life that you really want. A trapped emotion is literally a ball of energy from about the size of a baseball to about the size of a softball. And these things uh, inhabit our bodies. We all have these. And what these things do is they interfere with our ability to really function like we should be able to. For example, if you have trapped emotions of anger, you'll be a more angry person than you otherwise would be. And uh, if you have trapped emotions of frustration, same thing, and grief and sadness and depression and so on. So how I like to think about this is um, if you can imagine that when we're born, each one of us, for the most part, we have this clear, um, beautifully clean energy field, kind of like a a beautiful blue sky day. That's kind of how our energy field is. But then as we start to experience life and we start experiencing intense emotions and we make mistakes and bad things happen or people hurt us or whatever, we start to develop trapped emotions. And each trapped emotion is like a little cloud, like a little dark cloud of energy. And by the time we're an adult, that beautiful, pure blue sky energy field that we had when we came into this world is now uh, more like a storm front. 
and there can be all kinds of cloudy energies all over the place. And so what happens to us then is that um, we're not really the same person that we could have been. So as we start to remove these clouds, these little dark energies, these, um, these trapped emotions from the body, what happens is we pretty soon start to get some clearings in that area of the body. We start to see some blue sky. And pretty soon, as we continue this work, it's mostly blue sky. And at that point, it's like stepping out of this old suit that we've been walking around in all of our lives. And we realize it's easier for us to give and receive love. It's easier for us to achieve the things we want to achieve. It's easier for us to feel positive emotions instead of having it be so easy to feel the negative emotions. And uh, we start to become the person that uh, we were really intended to become. And that's, uh, that's one of the most exciting things about this work to me is that it helps people to get back to who they really are capable of being. And every single one of us is so unique, but we all have such amazing gifts within us. I believe that within the heart of each one of us, is this perfect blueprint for what our best life can actually be. And it's our emotional baggage that interferes with our ability to manifest that blueprint. Yeah, so it's basically a lot of the, um, I think in Buddhism terms, they call it samskara, the trapped emotion that's not being released, like from growing up as a kid, like um, your mom or your parents or someone telling you that you shouldn't be angry, you shouldn't be upset, and you trapped it inside, or something like you said, traumatic happened, it leaves leaves something they haven't fully been experienced, they're trapped inside, and eventually it comes out as a misalignment or ailment of disease of some type. And it just makes perfect sense. Um, my wife had a mountain bike accident roughly a year ago, and she fell off her bike and broke her, fractured her um, pelvic bone. Um. And we took her to an energy healer. And one of the questions I asked is, is this related to a trapped emotion? Um, with a lot of the chronic illness that I think you talked about that is, is very often related to the emotion, trapped emotion. What about with like physical injury, like you fell down or something happened to you? What's your understanding or what's your thinking? Is it related to trapped emotion as well? Well, you know, it, it often can be. One of the things that happens with people is that there are often trapped emotions that might precede the injury. In other words, um, and I need to explain a little bit about, the, about uh, something a little deeper that's in the body code to really help you understand this. What happens is um, in our bodies, every organ and most of the glands have a connection with certain muscles. So that's why, for example, if you have an imbalance going on in the liver, you'll probably have pain or discomfort in between the shoulder blades because of the muscle connection with the rhomboid muscle on the right side of the body. If your kidney is imbalanced, you'll probably have low back pain. You might also end up with TMJ trouble or neck or shoulder trouble because the connection between these muscles and the kidneys is very strong. So oftentimes what happens is people have imbalances that pre-exist the injury. So for example, I worked uh, quite a bit with athletes and this is something that we would find that before an athlete would blow out their knee, for example, on the basketball floor, there may have already been a trapped emotion imbalancing their body in that way, in that area, so that when their body was in that situation, they actually became injured where otherwise they might not have been injured. The other thing that happens is that when you have an injury, oftentimes emotional energies will migrate or will end up in that area because it's now a weak area in the body. And so, um, for example, there was a man that came in to see me uh, many years ago, who's 42 years old, and uh, he had a problem with tennis elbow. In fact, he came in and his arm was in a sling. He couldn't turn the key to start his car. It was excruciatingly painful. And I worked on him for a couple of weeks and wasn't really making much progress. So I started asking if there was any emotional connection, if there were trapped emotions that were contributing to this problem. And the answer was yes. And what I found was that uh, it all had to do with high school. Now, remember, he's 42 years old. So this has been going on for a while. And uh, he had, I think, six or eight trapped emotions. And those emotional energies had all gone into these muscles in here, imbalancing his body. And every trapped emotion had to do with a different girl who had dumped him in 
in high school. And it was really funny because his wife was sitting uh, right there and I'm testing him and uh, finding these trapped emotions of grief and rejection and so on. And he's asking, well, was it Marsha? No. Was it Sheila? No. Was it Cheryl? Oh yeah, Cheryl. Yeah, I remember that. And every time I'd release one of these trapped emotions, the pain level in his elbow would instantly drop. And it just kept dropping and dropping and dropping until finally I cleared the last emotion that I could find. And suddenly there was no more pain in his elbow at all. He took the sling off. And before this, when I came in here and felt these muscles, he about jumped off the table because it was so painful. But after that, I could go in there and apply lots of pressure. He had no pain at all. That was a very powerful experience for me because it demonstrated to me how these trapped emotions can actually cause really acute physical pain. Now we know that 90% of all the physical pain that is uh, being experienced by people is actually being caused by their emotional baggage. Now think about that. Every week, you know, for a long time, I did uh, live events or online events where what we would do is we'd take people, I'd ask for volunteers, take people that were in pain. And I got to where I didn't really like to work on people unless they were at least a seven on a zero to 10 scale. And usually within, you know, maybe 10 minutes, we could get them down to where they were maybe a zero or very low on the scale, maybe a one. But that's because this is the truth, see? And, and what this is all about, this whole movement, the emotion code, the body code, it's all about peeling back all of this wet blanket that's been on the world about how only drugs and surgery can possibly help us. Only vaccines can help us in the case of this pandemic, for example. It's about ripping off that big wet blanket that's been covering the world and showing the world what the truth really is. And the truth is far more compelling. The truth is that these bodies of ours, uh, these subconscious minds, incredibly intelligent, more than we can even begin to comprehend. And they know exactly what we need. And if we ask the questions, those subconscious minds will give us the answers and you can do this yourself. And that's, that's the real paradigm shifting uh, thing here. In fact, there was a um, few years ago, I was talking with a woman who came to one of our events and she told us that... Um, she bought the emotion code book and the book on audio and started reading it and uh, listening to the book. And her son started reading it and listening to it as well. And uh, he started practicing with his friends and she didn't pay too much attention. And a couple of weeks went by. Then one day she answers the phone and uh, the woman, uh, there's a woman calling her and this woman identifies herself as the mother of one of her son's friends. And she said, listen, uh, my son has had this severe phobia of water all of his life, and uh, we've tried everything and taken him everywhere, and nothing's ever worked. And she said it's, it's been very disruptive to his life and to our life as a family, but we have kind of given up on it, thinking that he was never going to get over this ever. You know, you can have a phobia to anything, right? His was to water. But she said, right now I'm at the community pool, and she said my son is out playing in the water with the other boys for the first time in his life. And she said, your son did this. He said, how, how is this even possible? What in the world is he doing? And those two boys are only 11 years old. See, so think about that. That's how easy this is really. And yet how powerful it can be. Would it be um, more challenging for the mom to release that trap emotion for the son versus like you or someone else doing it? Because she would have a stronger attachment to the outcome of him overcoming that phobia. Well, yeah, that sometimes can be true. It can be a little more difficult in many cases to work on your own family members. It can be a little more challenging. Uh, I've noticed that. And everybody that does this kind of work, I think, has noticed that, that it can be a little harder to work on loved ones and so on, because, you know, there's a lot going on in the relationship. You know, it's not just about the emotion code and trying to help them. There's you know, past events and there's the history there and there's all of these different, you know, wants and or needs and desires and so on. So um, it's a little harder, but, you know, we still do it and still get great results. I worked on my wife actually the other day. And to give you an idea how deep, you know, the rabbit hole sometimes can go, this is using the body code. She had a, a, a tooth that had been bothering her for quite a while and we had not really had any luck with it with fixing it. And so finally, she had an intuition that we should check the meridian, the acupuncture meridian connected with that tooth, which we had for some reason overlooked uh, up until that point. 
We checked that. It happened to be uh, this tooth right here, tooth number 29, the second bicuspid, which is connected to the um, stomach meridian. We checked the stomach meridian. Sure enough, that meridian was imbalanced on that side of her body. And we checked to see if there was a reason why. And it actually was some emotional energy, uh, trapped emotion. But this was a very specific, very unique emotion. It was inherited and it went back many generations. Um, so we were able to clear that emotion and um, immediately the toothache uh, went away and it hasn't hurt her since then. And so um, you never know what you're going to find. We were able to find that with the body code and the body code is the system that I put together during the years that I was in practice. I used to be a computer programmer. So I was, uh, I always had a computer there with me when I was working on people. And I was always trying to categorize what I was finding with people and, the, and what I was being led to discover. And so I created this really extensive mind map with uh, a main map of six imbalances that led to other maps that led to other maps and so on. And um, now that's in an app that you can, uh, you can use on your phone and uh, looks like uh, looks like this, you get the six imbalances here. Uh, and then if you touch any one of these, you're taken to deeper levels and so on. And, uh, and then eventually you're instructed on what to do. And um, I created the body code because a year after the emotion code came out one morning, I woke up and this was in 2008, one morning in 2008, I woke up and my mind was full of instruction. And the instruction was very, very clear, Gary. The instruction was you need to take everything you've learned about natural healing and put it into a self-study course uh, that anyone can learn and make it available to everyone everywhere. And that was the instruction. And so it took about a year to put together the, uh, the first version of what we call the body code. And this is really the, uh, the third iteration of it. And so um, you can download it online. It's a, um, uh, it's got a 30-day free trial and you can try it out. And, um, and then it's just $29 a month. But to have all that power in your hand, to be able to find things is really amazing. You know, when I was in practice, for example, just to give you an idea how the subconscious mind can find things and direct you to things that otherwise you'd never in your wildest dreams imagine or figure out, a woman came in to see me who had been hospitalized for five days for this severe pain in her abdomen. And uh, they ran every test known to man and none of the tests were positive. They finally released her after five days and told her that they couldn't help her. So the next day she comes in to see me and uh, she's really in pain. And I tested her and found some trapped emotions and cleared some things and whatever I could find. And one of the things that I found using this program that we call the body code, I was taken into the nutritional area by her subconscious mind and uh, found that she needed uh, chromium. And uh, chromium is an element that is used by the body. It's especially helpful for blood sugar and things like that. So I thought it was kind of an incidental finding. And, and I said, listen, I, we're out of chromium, but you should get some. Your body wants it. So fine. So the next day she comes in, she's actually worse uh, getting, she's gradually getting worse. And I didn't know what else to do. So I broke out what constituted the body code at that point and uh, started testing. And what I found was um, I was taken right to chromium again, and I'd forgotten about it. But then I remembered, oh, right. This showed up yesterday. And I said, listen, let's stop right here. I said, your subconscious mind is telling me that you need chromium. I said, I don't know why. I have no idea why, but I want you to just leave my office right now, go down the street to the health food store, buy some chromium, ask them for some water and take it, uh, take some right there. 20 minutes later, this young woman is, she's very athletic. She's jumping up and down in my waiting room. Uh, and she's saying, I'm fixed, I'm fixed. She said the moment, the instant that she took the chromium, the pain instantly was gone and it was severe. Put her in the hospital for five days, mm -hmm. instantly gone. And she said, how did that work? And I said, I have no idea. <laughs> wow. Can we do a live demo on how this whole work? Because um, I've seen yeah. you work your magic and it's amazing to watch. I almost I want to be apologetic that I don't have a seven out of 10 <laughs> to, to issue to work <laughs> on. But I've got um, two choices. 
One is that I've been grinding my teeth um, when I sleep for who knows how long I've been um, doing it. So when you talk about TMJ, that popped into my mind. The other one okay. is a niggling shoulder issue. Um, I don't know how it happened, when it happened. And it's probably like severity, like it doesn't bother me too much right now. Probably like four out of 10, uh, but that's, I could definitely feel it. Um, okay. What will be a better choice to, for this um, demonstration? Well, let's, let's ask your subconscious mind. Um, first thing that we want to do is just take a moment, okay? And just silently ask for some help from up above. And you can join me on this if you want to, if, uh, believe in a higher power, whatever you think. All right, just takes a moment. And now uh, I'm going to be using some muscle testing, okay? Because we're really taking advantage of the principles of quantum physics, uh, it's actually really, really simple, but we needed a way to be able to determine if we were actually connected energetically. Now, in quantum physics, they call this entanglement. Energies can become entangled and more powerfully connected than they normally are. I mean, we're all kind of connected all the time, but the subconscious mind has this ability to set aside its own needs to act on behalf of someone else. And this is an ability that we all have. So what I want to do, I'm going to be using what we call the ring in ring method here. And uh, what will happen is as I ask questions and as I direct questions at your subconscious mind, the answers will come back immediately to my subconscious mind because our energies are entangled. And uh, you'll see that when I try to pull the fingers apart uh, and they stay together, that's a yes answer. Uh, when the rings break open, that's a no answer because my body will be slightly weaker when the answer coming from your subconscious mind is a no. And so we call this the ring in ring test this is one of the methods that we teach. All right, so let's see here, Gary. Um, where does your subconscious mind want us to go? Uh, you've got these two issues, the TMJ issue. Uh, does it want to go there? No, so it wants to go to the shoulder, shoulder. Is it your left shoulder? Yes. Okay, and it's about a four discomfort-wise right now? Yeah, yeah. All right, all right, no worries. So uh, let's do this. Um, what I'm going to do here really quickly is I'm going to see if I can share my screen with you. Yeah, you'll need, to, you'll need to enable that. Yeah. Okay. You're a co-host now. All right, here we go. Share screen. Okay, so, so this is what we call the body code, okay? And the body code is, uh, is just a way to organize all of the imbalances that can happen in our bodies. And it's the imbalances that actually cause our physical and mental and emotional symptoms. So here we go. Let's see here. We've got uh, left shoulder and it's about a four discomfort wise. So let's ask your subconscious mind. First of all, are we connected energetically? We are. So our energies are entangled. I can act as proxy for you. So here we go. Let's ask a question of your subconscious mind. Is there an underlying reason for this problem with your left shoulder? And the answer is yes. Okay. So right now the subconscious has a reason in mind. What's the reason? I don't know, but we're going to figure it out. Kind of like playing charades with your subconscious. Is the reason on the, uh, on the right side of this chart? No. So is it in the energies area? Yes. So we're going to click here. And that takes us down one level into the energies area. So what is this? Is it something on the left side of the chart? No. So it could be any of these on the right. Is it an allergy or an intolerance? Is it something emotional? Definitely something emotional. And is it on the left side? Yes. Is it a trapped emotion? It is. So we go there. So there are different kinds of trapped emotions. Is it one of these on the left side? No. Uh, is it a common? It's a common trapped emotion, which means it's something that occurred between birth and now. So here's the chart of emotions. What emotion is this? I have no idea. Consciously, you have no idea, but your subconscious mind knows, and it's going to tell my subconscious. So is this emotion listed in the chart in column A? No. So it's in B. Is it in one of the odd rows? Yes. Is it in row one and B? It is. Okay, so it's one of these. Is it effort unreceived? No. Is it heartache? No. Is it insecurity? Yes. So there's a trapped emotion of insecurity. Okay. And do we need to know anything else about this? Not really. But there's a trapped emotion of insecurity at some point in your life between birth and now. You felt insecure. That energy got stuck in your body and it's manifesting as that discomfort on that left side. So let's release this now. And to release a trapped emotion, what we do is we swipe a magnet or a hand on the governing meridian. And that meridian starts at the tailbone and goes up over the top of the head to the inside of the upper lip. And so by putting energy into that meridian, we release that trapped emotion, kind of like taking a 
credit card with a magnetic strip on the back and rubbing a magnet on that magnetic strip, it erases the data. It's kind of the same thing. Did we release that insecurity? Yes. Okay, why don't you go ahead and move your shoulders around a little bit, you know, roll things around, maybe move your neck around a little bit and let's see how that feels, zero to 10. Possibly a 3.5. 3.5, okay, good enough, no worries. So let's go back out to the homepage. And what, again, what we're using here is the body code, which is the, it's really an interface between the conscious and the subconscious mind. So uh, is there another underlying reason why you've been having this trouble with your left shoulder? Yes. Is the reason on the left side of the chart? No. So it's on the right side. Is it a pathogen? No, it could be, but it's not. Is it a misalignment of something? Yes, it's a misalignment of something. Hmm. Is it something on the left side of this chart? No. Is it something in the skeleton? Yes. So is it appendicular skeleton as the arms and legs? No. So it's axial skeleton. Is it one of these on the left side? Yes. Is it something in the vertebral column? No. So it's a bone in the skull. It's a bone in the skull. Now the skull is this incredibly amazing three-dimensional jigsaw puzzle. One of the, I think one of God's most sublime creations really. And um, is it something on the left side of this chart? No. So is it the frontal bone or is it uh, one of the parietal bones? No, no. Is it a temporal bone? No. So it's the occipital bone. It's the occipital bone. So we click here and uh, we get some guidance. It says, hey, if you've been guided here, uh, it indicates there's a misalignment present. All right, we already know that. Most of the time, misalignments are caused by the distorting effect of some associated imbalance, like a trapped emotion. That's usually the case. So uh, we'll go to decoding and we've identified the bone. Let's go to association. Is there an associated imbalance that needs to be decoded? Yes. So there's something that's probably causing this. We'll go back to the homepage. Is it something on the left side? Yes. Is it in the energies area? It is. And is it on the left side of this chart? No. Now, one of the things that I want you all to remember is that you can do this. This is designed for you to be able to do. I'm just here as the teacher to show you how to do it. But uh, you can all do this and you can do it for the rest of your life. You can have this app in your phone and I mean, work on people anywhere at any time and help them. So is this an allergy or an intolerance? No. Is it something emotional? It is. So let's click there. So is it on the left side? Yes. Uh, it's a trapped emotion. And is it one of these on the left side? Yes. Is it prenatal or preconception or inherited? So you have what we call an inherited trapped emotion. So inherited trapped emotions are received at conception from mom or dad. Uh, let's see here. I'm just going to go ahead and there we go. What emotion is this? Is it listed in the chart here in column A? No. So it's in B. Uh, is it in one of the odd rows? Yes. Is it in row one or row three or row five? It's strong on row five. So remember, this is inherited. So is it inherited conflict or creative insecurity or terror? It's an inherited emotion of terror, okay? An inherited emotion of terror. Here we go, let's see. All right, so let's see who you got this from. Did you get this from your father at conception? No, it came from your mother. Did your mother get this from somebody earlier? Uh-huh, from her mother, yep. So you got it from your mom who got it from her mom. And does it go back even further? It does, how far? Does it go back 10 generations from you? Yes. Uh, 15, yes. 20, no. 19 generations, 18, 17, 16. 16 generations back from you. Whew, that's quite a ways. Uh, so that uh, 16 generations is roughly about 1600 AD. Okay. So uh, who knows? Um, we need to know more about this. We don't really, but uh, let's release this. Now, when it's inherited, what we do is we'll swipe 10 times. Why? Because that's what the subconscious mind of many, many people told me during the years that I was in practice. If it's inherited, we do 10 swipes because we're releasing it not only from you, but also from all these ancestors of yours, 16 generations. So now, uh, why don't you go ahead and maybe move around in your chair a little bit, roll your shoulders around, move your neck around, and let's see how it's feeling now compared to how it was feeling before. The thing is, maybe like a one or a two. One or a two. All right. Awesome. We're getting there. <laughs> so, all right, let's ask um, same thing. And this is how the body code works. Every time you find an imbalance, you clear it. And then you go back to the homepage and uh, let's ask, is there another underlying reason why you've been having that trouble in the shoulder? Yes. Is the reason on the left side? Uh-huh. Is it in the energies area? No. 
Is it in circuit or systems? Yes. So we're going to go to circuits or systems here. And is it on the left side of this chart? Yes. Is it a disconnection? It is. Is it on the left side here? No. So is it your spirit that's out of your body or is it a spirit physical disconnection or a spirit break? You have what we call a spirit break or really um, a broken heart. Uh, is this affecting your heart? It is. So when people talk about having a broken heart on an energy level, on a quantum level, this is a very real thing. Um, think about it this way. You know, we all have a spirit within us, right? When we die, the spirit leaves the body. You go to the funeral, you see there's obviously something that's different about that person. But our, I believe these spirits of ours are eternal. They live on. And I think that if you could take your spirit out of your body, Gary, and look and put it right next to you, it would look exactly like you in the most minute detail. And if we could look at your physical heart that's beating in your chest, it would look probably just about like any other man's heart that is, you know, your height and weight and so on and age, right? But if we could look into your spirit and look at your spirit heart, it would appear to be broken somehow. And so uh, let's ask, is there anything associated with this? Yes. Yeah, so there are some underlying reasons for this broken heart that are probably going to be in the emotional area. Let's go ahead and we'll bring up the chart of emotions here. So um, is there a trapped emotion that we need to release that's contributing to this broken heart of yours? Yes. And uh, is it in A? Yes. Is it in one of the odd rows? Yes. Is it in one? No. Is it in three or five? It's in five. Is the emotion blaming? No. Is it dread? No. Fear? No. Horror? No. Peeved? Okay, so this is actually inherited. Um, so let me make a note of that. It's inherited uh, blaming? No. Inherited dread or fear? It's an inherited emotion of fear. And did you get this from your father? No, you got this from your mother. And did your mother get this from somebody earlier? Yes, from her mother. Yep. So it came from your mom's mom again. And how far back does it go? Does it go back for 10 generations? No. Nine? Nope. Eight? Nope. Seven? Nope. Six? Six generations. Okay. So six generations, that's not too bad. But still, that goes back to about 1865 or so. I mean, give or take probably 20 or 30 years. We need to know more about this. We don't. Let's release this. 10 swipes. Here we go. All right. You can see why I don't have any hair left, right? I, you know, <laughs> too many, too much swiping. <laughs> so um, let's ask, did we release that from you? And did it clear from everybody else? Yes. All right, good. Now, roll things around a little bit. Let's see how it's feeling now. Yeah, I think it's, it's down to one. At the start of the session, when I was rolling, I could hear like clicking and stuff. Now uh -huh. I try to get a click. I can't get any clicks anymore. Okay. So um, let's ask about this broken heart of yours, because that's how we found that last inherited trapped emotion. Is your heart still broken? Yeah. So the spirit heart is still broken. Is there another underlying reason for that? Not really. So let's go ahead. And what I'm going to do now is I'm going to swipe with an intention to heal that spirit heart of yours and just bring those parts of your heart back together and, you know, into a nice, healthy spirit heart. And so let's ask, did, did we correct that? Is your heart still broken? No. Okay. Now try it again and uh, let's see how that feels. Yeah. I think it's like a 0.5 now. It feels great. Right. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really sure. appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully that'll just continue to get better. There might be more stuff going on, but I know we're probably about at the end of our time. So, And, and I think um, the, the caveat is like watching a lot of your demonstration is that sometimes um, there's a lag. Um, the body have to process like the, the healing uh -huh. and, and happen, there may yeah. not be any um, improvement in the physical symptoms right away. And that's perfectly fine as well. Mm -hmm. Sure. That's mm. right. Yeah. So I want to ask about, like, since you got like seven, eight kids, like I'm amazed, like that in itself deserved a podcast. Um, <laughs> what, what is your, um, your approach to working with your kids on this? Like, I guess, versus um, before they, they can even read and learn to use this themselves. Like, were you working on them every day or were you working on them whenever you have free time or will you just let them be? And, and when they got physical symptoms that showed up, you help well, them. you know, um, what's nice with kids is that if you work on them two or three times, you've usually cleared out about everything that they've got, all the baggage they have usually. And so then after that, what you do is um, you work on them periodically. 
especially if they've gone through something difficult or traumatic or hard, you can check them to see if there's anything going on. And uh, we've cleared a lot of our trapped emotions from our kids and we've had great results generally. Um, it's been an invaluable thing to have really for raising our kids. And um, we, we don't by any means have a perfect family, but um, it has really been a huge, huge help. Uh, this, this may be something a bit more personal and you don't have to answer it. Sometimes I see kids, they will follow the, the same footstep as the parents. Sometimes um, the kids will go exactly the opposite direction. Like, and no, I'm not into any of that. Like, uh, is there a pattern you've seen in your kids? Are they really like accepting this work and, and taking it forward? And maybe even evolving, like what you said about your daughter. Um, and kids are great that they have no boundaries. And and are some of them, yeah, like I don't need it right now. What's the concept? Well, we, have, um, we have one of our kids um, who still works for us. We had a, a couple of our older daughters who worked for us for a long time. And um, one of them was one of our top practitioners and still has a practice and works with people all over the world. So it just depends. And, you know, with our kids, what we've tried to do is not push them into this or really anything else. Mm. Uh, we just try to be, for the, be there for them and give them opportunities and uh, everybody's different. This is my path, but it isn't necessarily yes. their path. So that's yes. fine. And, and one of the last thing I want to touch on for this podcast um, is what you mentioned earlier with what's going on around the world, with the pandemic and COVID and stuff. I remember one of the quotes um, Greg Braddon talked about that always stayed with me. Like there was the documentary talking about um, putting um, like a neural, something like Elon Musk is developing a, a chip inside of your head and you can basically access the cloud computing and you become like a, a superhuman in, in accessing all this information. He yeah. said something like, before you go down that path and give up your ability, like this is um, not his exact, exact words, but mm -hmm. you first should understand what is the full potential of what your human being, your spiritual being is able to do. And I think what you've done today is demonstrating us. It's the first time I did the muscle test and able to self-heal, it's like, dude, I know how to walk, like the spirit walking or whatever. Like this is the first time. Right. I don't even know why this well, humanity probably wasn't ready for this yet to redis rediscover what skills that they have. But this is something that we all should be doing right now. We should all should be learning from school. So in terms of like, the COVID and what are some of the things and tips that you could apply to what's happening around the world using everything that you've known from the body code emotional and all your work to date? Well, um, you know, as far as the emotion code goes, one of the most important things that you can do to raise your immune system function, uh, which is going to keep you healthy in this day and age uh, is to actually get rid of your emotional baggage. The more emotional baggage you get rid of, the better your immune system can function. And um, it's incredible to me. Uh, it's been one of the most amazing journeys, I think, that a person could go on. This journey that I have been on to see and witness how powerful our emotional baggage really is and how damaging it can be. So my advice to you would be to try to have an open mind and think about the possibilities of the emotional baggage that you might have. You know, did you used to cry yourself to sleep at night when you were a kid or were you bullied or abused? Uh, have you been through relationship breakups or difficult work situations or have you lost loved ones? And all of those kinds of situations can create baggage that then you have to carry and, and drag around for the rest of your life. Well, it's, uh, it's time to stop dragging that baggage around. It's time to cut yourself loose from that baggage and it's time to step back into the beingness uh, of who you really were intended to be. Because um, that higher power, however you wanna refer to it, has work for you to do. There's lots of work to do in this world, lots of healing that needs to take place. The way I look at it, the earth is in labor, trying to bring forth a whole new existence for all of us that none of us have ever known before. And um, it isn't gonna happen through, the, uh, uh, through totalitarian regimes. Um, it's gonna happen uh, in, in a different way where People's hearts are going to be open to love, and uh, it's going to be a world where everyone is living from their heart and really manifesting from their heart this perfect creation that's in, uh, inside of each one of us. That world is coming. It's going to be a little bit of a struggle, I think, to get there, 
uh, because these old constructs, these old power systems that have held sway and that have uh, kept mankind in slavery for you know, thousands of years, um, they don't want to lose their power. They want to maintain their power. And so we see this big struggle going on all over the world. Um, you know, to me, all of this, the whole pandemic, it, it, it's all part of it. It's really about control. So we need to stand up for freedom. We need to stand up for liberty and uh, not allow the world to slip into, uh, you know, a thousand years of darkness, but instead uh, we need to fight for the light. And the more baggage you get rid of, the more light you have. And um, that's a wonderful thing about this work. So, uh, well, listen, I, I appreciate your time. Thank Gary, you thank so you much, uh, Brad. Really You've been a wonderful source, not just to myself, but to humanity and appreciate all the work that you've done. And I want to really acknowledge your book, um, your app. You can also get desktop version by going to discoveryhealing.com. Yeah, just discover, discover discoverhealing.com. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. And also um, there's also another website, um, emotionalcodegift.com. And you can yeah, learn it, how to do muscle mm -hmm. testing as well. Yeah, um, if you go to emotion code, it's emotioncodegift.com and you can download the first couple of chapters of the book there. Mm. And uh, if you like it, you might want to get the whole book. We can get those for free on there. Yeah, learn, learn to heal yourself and learn to heal the people around you. And, and in that way, we can heal the world. So thank you, Brad, so much. Thank you, Gary.